What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, welcome to the 9x9, a special Saturday episode. It is Saturday, April 30th. My name is Everett DeLorme. That's Rob St. Clair, as always, joining me from Boston, Massachusetts. He's down there for the VLA. Unfortunately, we have a few less guitars behind him, but Rob, thanks for taking the time to uh, to, ch- to chat this morning. This is the second time we're doing this intro because I'm an idiot and forgot to press uh, go live. Um <laughs> So we, we we were talking for a good good few minutes and uh, but it's fine we're gonna we're gonna start okay again. it's it's a fun fun little informal show yeah special Saturday episode only because it's just been that crazy of a week and we didn't want to wait until Tuesday like usual to wrap up everything we, we saw this week so if you watch the show on Tuesday we previewed for you all the ridiculous number of matches that were coming really just Wednesday I had four matches going on at one time. I got, I sent a picture to the discord and I had three screens going with four matches. It was absurd. So two of those were the Italian men's semifinals, which were just unbelievable series bangers all the way through both went to match five. Uh, and even after all that drama, both series had a little bit of everything. Sure enough for, I believe the fourth time in a row, we get Lube versus Perugia for the Italian title. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned it last time we, we started the show, but Hey, it's been it hasn't been since 2017 that we haven't had a Perugia versus Lube final. And I mean, at the beginning of it, it looked like it looked like we we're going to have a different result, right? Trentino went up 2-0. They looked like they were rolling. And on the Modena side of things, how they were up 2-1, getting Leal back after the suspension. And we thought they were going to be going for a run for it, Come, going back home with that, that 2-1 advantage, getting Leal back. But Perugia turned things on. Same thing in the other series. Lube really turned things on. And we're going to get, as you said, for the fourth time in a row, Perugia versus Lube. And it's really going to be the last installment of this because, as we've talked about before, Lube's budget is kind of getting blown up and they're blowing up this team. We know Simone is leaving and a few other pieces are going to be leaving as well. So this is really going to be the last time that we're going to be able to indulge in this Perugia-Lube rivalry as we know it right now. And uh, I was a little disappointed at first because I kind of wanted to see someone else. But as I, as I thought about it some more, like I... I it couldn't be better to see have these two teams in the finals this year. I'm with you. I heard a lot of people in the discord complaining about the fact that this is the same matchup that we've been seeing, but I I'm more, I feel more positive about it. I'm excited to see these two teams do it again. If, and only if we see the full Lube Chivadinova team that we, we haven't really seen all season long, but if we, if it's possible for Osmani Wantarena to play, I think it really changes that series. And I think we might as well start there with Lube's comeback over Trentino. I mean, going down six sets to none and bringing that series all the way back without the dead. heart and soul of your team they is crazy. I, I proclaimed them dead on this very show. I proclaimed that series over. I, yep. thought, I thought it was Trentino's. I thought it was a foregone conclusion. I thought we could focus on the other series, but I could not have been more wrong. I cannot believe that Lube was able to turn this around. And if you're a Trentino fan, you are, you've got to be just miserable about this because they had as good of an opportunity to go to the finals as you could ever have against a Lube team who was on the ropes and without one of the most important players and they couldn't quite get it done. Yeah. They had three opportunities to get, to get it done. And I mean, we, we can jump into it a little bit, but to me, to be honest, I'm, I'm not sure if Osmani is the key to this one. And, and if we're going to look at this game, for example, Lucarelli had a fantastic game. Yant had yep. a banger of a game, right? And the only thing preventing them was the lukewarm play of Zaitsev. I mean, he was terminating every single ball. It just 
depended which team it was going <laughs> for, for. Better or for worse, yeah, yeah. For, for, for better for, or for worse. He was term- for twenty-two with every, five errors, every single ball. Um, and the only reason that they had to take off Yant is because they needed to put in Gabby Garcia on the right side for for Zaitsev, and thus needing Yuri Kovar to come in to satisfy the amount of Italians to have having on the court, right? Because right now, if if I look at it, the way Lucarelli has come on, like we we really criticize him in the first two games of the series for being almost a ghost out there. He wasn't as a dynamic as he he was earlier in the series with that you know twelve for thirteen game, uh, but he was still really really good in this one. And Yant was unreal. I mean, he went twelve for twenty overall, so he he was absolutely absolutely massive. So if you can t- keep those two guys on, right? I don't know if you have any problems, but you need Zaitsev to at least he can't be a negative player for you like he was uh, like he was on Wednesday. Like he he and, really needs to be at least an average player out there. And that's what I mean about Trentino seriously missing an opportunity here. You got Lube on a day where they were forced to play Jiri Kovar in the starting lineup, and you still couldn't beat them in those last two sets. Like that is. A massive missed opportunity. They we, We've talked about Lube's issues with the foreigner limit a couple times this year, but it really stems from the fact that Osmani Wantarena hasn't been able to play. If he can play, then you're fine because he's Italian. He's a significant step up. If he's healthy over Giri Kovar, then you can do whatever you want at the opposite. You can play Zaitsev or, or Garcia or whoever's you know giving you better contributions that day. But you're right about the resurgence of Lucarelli. I, I, I think that and then just the way that DeCecco's been running that Lube offense his last three matches is been the turning point for them and listen to this robert landy simone stat line oh, oh man real 11 for monster 11 for 15 attacking five blocks and four aces including the gnarliest like clean ace to win the match at 15 what was it 15 12 15 11 15 11 in the fifth that i've ever seen he took over that game and just refused refused to lose that series and he is the only middle i have ever seen not mazurski in his prime not like david lee when he was one of the best in the world no other middle i've ever seen can singularly take over a match the way that robert lenny simone can he is so special and he refused to lose this series yeah absolutely i mean like if you go talk about mazurski russia had to move mazurski to the right side for him to be effective if you go back to the 20 right. or 2012 olympics right the final right. brazil when they when they were down 2-0 but in this one dicheco was looking for him every single everywhere every, and we know this is like Dicheco, that Dicheco Simone connection is up there with the best of the best connections of all time. Like the Bruno Lucas connection, it can go head to head to that. Like there's so many plays where Dicheco is back to the net, is running the attack on, and he's just flicking 31 to Simone, who's who's crushing them. He was an absolute monster in this game, and you can tell that. I don't like. He is now the heart and soul of the, of, of the team. And yeah, he is. I I really don't know if Wantahan is if we're going to see him at all. He's not even swinging in warmups. You can tell that he's taking more of a coach's role. You can kind of see him like giving some feedback, especially to Yant Yant throughout the match. But Simone is really putting it at all. Like really, it, it, you can really tell he wants to win with this team one more time before he goes uh, goes back to uh, Piacenza, right? But yeah, that. That stat line was absolutely massive. And on the other side, a stat line that you really have to point out is uh, Daniele Lavia. Only four or five points on the day. He was really bad. Three. Three points only. Three for 14 attacking, no blocks, no aces. Like, just invisible. 
yeah, just 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 nowhere to be found, and it really limited Trentino and what they were what they were able to do. Micheletto was a little bit better; he had a little bit more life in this one than we've seen in the past two. And then, man, old man Matej Kaczynski is just the ageless wonder. He 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 can do it all. He can do it all. Like sitting there and watching the the film over again on on volumetrics, he can go down the line cross body. He can go thumb down across. He can he can hit the seam. If if they just had another Matej Kaczynski, it, it would be great. But at the end of the day, the other two uh, outsides and, and Lavia and Micheletto just weren't up to up to par uh, in the uh, later half of the series. Micheletto was okay, ten for nineteen attacking. But the real problem for me for Trentino was passing. Ten percent perfect passing is really really low. Uh, serving ace to air ratio two to nineteen in game five. That's not great compared to Lube's. 10 to 21, 10 aces as a team for Lube. They clearly won the serve and pass battle and put Trentino's offense in just consistently bad situations. They were still able to run Stresco Lisinats in the middle 18 times. Mm -hmm. 18 attempts for him is outstanding. That's really good, and that's a clear adjustment from when they weren't getting that much production out of their wings. But three for 14 from Lavia, like having to give Kaziski 44 attempts, that's just not a winning formula for Trentino. Tino and although they got it to the fifth set they went they went down like immediately three to nothing in the fifth and the writing was kind of on the wall at that point yeah 100 percent. i think at the end of the day and i mean i i talked about it a little through a little throughout the season is that trentino's strength really is their team play and i think we saw it a lot in this one like they weren't that great inside out and other than kaziski they weren't doing they weren't doing a great job but they were doing such a good job or a decent enough job passing and, and in transition to be able to activate the middles and the middles is really run, running the show i mean you said it yourself 18 attempts for for listen that's more than lavia and just as many as as micheletto right so just unreal spreading of the offense for Spertoli, but that's really all that all he could do. I mean, Penali came in a little bit too, and he was terrible as well. One for five uh, out there, so really just missing the firepower. And I think today, really, or in this one, really, the most the more talented team won, and that's exactly what we're seeing on the Luby side of things. You had five players in double digits in this one, um, and they were just spread, spreading out that offense, and and everyone is effective. And I mean, finally, we've gotten to see the like the full potential of this Lube team. Obviously, not. To the same as we would have been seeing with Watahena, but to be honest, I think the doors closed on that, and that, that we're not going to be seeing that anymore, probably ever. Yeah, again. you're probably right. I, th- I think this is probably it for Watahena's Lube career. I don't see him suiting up in the finals, but there's there to, just to preview the finals from the Lube perspective a little bit before we move on. If they 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 need better play out of Ivan Zaitsev because he's 100%. Italian. If they if they have to play Jiri Kovar significantly as like a full time outside hitter in this series, they have no chance. But where they ha- where their matchup is the strongest is in the middle. Uh, Robert Landy Simone can feast upon whoever Perugia's second middle is for sure, and he's even got an advantageous matchup over Sebastian Soleil. However, something that I've talked about before is that Soleil knows Luciano DiCecco better than anyone, so he will be ready for a DiCecco-led offense better than the average middle blocker will. Still, I expect them to just run Robert Landy-Simon down Perugia's throats, and I think if, if, if he can play, if he can put up these sort of stat lines again, Lube has a chance but if Zaitsev can't produce, they don't have a chance because of the foreigner things. And then to wrap it up for Trentino, now they're in a weird spot because they, they're still playing the Champions League finals in like three weeks. And they're done in Italy. So they have three weeks to prepare for one match against Zaxa. And that's just, it's going to be, it's kind of an awkward amount of time. Well, it's a really awkward amount of time. And I'm curious to see how they kind of structure that 
that three weeks if well, it's, they it's the kind of take a week off year. or yeah, right? pretty it's, much it's, 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 yeah. It's, 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 it's the exact same, that, same thing that happened to them last year. And I mean, we know, we, we know what happened in that one. And I mean, Hey, like, we know that, uh, like Zaxa, we'll talk about it a little bit. They just won their semifinal today. They're going to be moving on to the final, so they're going to be fresh, not fresher, but they're going to be on the ball. Obviously, I think it's probably a good thing for Trentino, given the fact that, like, bo- like I think Lavia and Micheletto at the end of it, and maybe even Spertoli too, just got tired. So maybe you could give them a chance, to, like have a few days off, rest the bones, get get back into the gym in a, in a little bit to uh, start prepping for for Zaxa. But uh, yeah. An an interesting interesting re- result in this one. I really thought Trentino was gonna was gonna take it from, from I the beginning. I really thought so too. Up six sets to none, and, and to not win that series is just a enormous missed opportunity. Yeah. There's no other way to say it. This this team keeps on like defying. Like when I don't like them, they start doing good, and when I and start when we like them, them they, 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 start, they fall apart. Yeah, yeah. They, they start they start doing bad. All right, Rob. In the other semifinal, we had another banger. This one was a banger for multiple reasons. There was drama, there was controversy, there was suspension, there was kicking, uh, and it all <laughs> came down to to this game five. And ultimately, like we just talked about, the talent winning out in uh, in the Lube versus Trentino. I think the exact same thing happened in this one. Especially like we all expected Leal to come back and really change the series, but he came back and only played a few sets. He came back. I don't know if he he got injured while he was suspended. I'm not entirely sure what happened with that. Um, I, I don't know the story there, but at the end of the day, Modena just didn't have the horses to be able to run with a fully powered Perugia squad. And on this day, it wasn't even Wilfredo Leon who was the best one. Matt Anderson was simply outstanding this one, sing, swinging a 75%, leading with 20 points. You know, we've doubted him at times throughout the season. We've doubted them at times throughout this series. And the American boy out of Penn State comes out and completely rocks it in game five of the semifinals. 20 for 27 with three errors, only 40% perfect passing and an ace serve in four sets. That is just incredible. And like, well, well, almost as many attempts as Wilfredo Leon. Leon went 11 for 30. And for Anderson to go 20 for 27 and, and Rick Liskey pretty good, 15 for 24. But like, that is, if you get that level of production from all three of your wings and the worst of the three is Wilfredo freaking Leon, you're going to win a championship like that. Especially when, Le- when Leon had six aces. Yeah, exactly. So only seven errors. Like, it, if he's not producing offensively, you put him back at the line, you let him rip six aces, and you're, you're going to win a lot of volleyball matches that way. And I think you're absolutely right. The more talented team ended up winning here. But I want to talk about Yuandi Leal. Because there's been a ton, a ton of rumor and drama that's come out from the Modena universe since the ending of this match. There's rumors about the future of the team, if Pedrini, the owner, is going to sell the team, if they're going to just blow everything up, start from scratch, if they're going to even play in the Super League next year. I have no idea about any of that. What I have heard, though, is that Yoandi Leal refused to even play in match four, or in match five, excuse me, kicked Dragan Travica at the end of match one, got suspended for matches two and three, came in in match four, played like garbage and got benched and was allegedly injured to some degree and was complaining about minor knee soreness to ownership and just refused to even set foot on the court. While also apparently Namir Abdelaziz was dealing with significantly more severe injuries than Leal and completely played through him, going 14 for 34 and trying his best to put Modena on his back. Leal 
I mean, I, I made the Ben Simmons joke in comparison to him on, on last week's show, but now that that ends up being uh, that has Pretty a lot apt. more substance than I, yeah, a lot more substance than I initially thought, and that is a that is a huge, huge black mark on his career. You if need to be out there. You need oh, to be up there. Without question, especially when the entire series, the storyline has revolved around you doing something dumb and getting suspended. To do that and then not come back once you're eligible and give your team everything you had is criminal unprofessional. And I'm really curious to see if, if teams start to stay away from this guy because of that behavior. Oh, 100%, 100%. I mean, hey, it's been a bad year overall for Brazilians in the Italian league, right? Unless your name is Flavio, you haven't been having a good time. But yeah, like you need to be out there. You're being brought, you were brought in last year, right, from a really good Lube team to be a centerpiece on what should have been a very star-studded team. And you completely disappear like that in the semifinals. You don't even go out and play. Like this is almost worse than Ben Simmons, right? Like get out there. You fu- like you messed up in the in the in the in game one after a big win you really didn't need to do that sure maybe you didn't get the result uh that you wanted maybe he's being a baby because you know travica didn't get a suspension or anything like that who knows but just a bad look for for leal overall ultimately it's what killed modena they just did not have enough horses in this one right and you could you could tell that bruno was doing whatever he could to try to get the ball away from Namir to create some separation with, with him. Like they were running his, he was running his middles on 31s. He was trying that shoot set to Engapeth on all the way to the outside. That really wasn't working. Like he was trying anything he could to get some separation uh, for Namir. And we saw Namir kind of really go after it at the beginning of the third set. And it looked like he was going to start catch on fire. I mean, he still had a pretty good stat line and uh, nonetheless, but Ultimately, they just didn't have the horses. Angapeth wasn't great on this day. Van Garderen was seven up. times. Yeah, like it, it, they were just they were just keying in on him. And some, a lot of those times is when, like Bruno was trying to force Angapeth too much, and it was really like he was off the net. He, he couldn't really run the run the middles. Namir, they were they were keying in on side. He would just shoot it to the left side for Angapeth, and it was always tight and low, like barely over the the height of the tape. Just not a great performance by Bruno and Angapath. Really, the only one who was out there doing anything, you know, good consistently was Namir. And at the end of the day, they just didn't have the horses. I found in the first set, they really forced it down the middle. Um, they really forced it with uh, who? Who's the other middle for? Uh, why am I? Why am I? Uh, Matsone. Ma- yeah. Yeah. With, Matsone, Matsone played pretty well. Yeah, especially in the first set, they really gave it gave it to him a lot and kind of created that sort of separation. And that was the only set that they won. Um, and they gave it to him early when they had that four-point lead to be able to cre- create those openings. But then as the game progressed, they just kind of got into that state of just giving high balls to Namir. And, uh, yeah, it just it just didn't end up working. Yep, not a sustainable winning strategy. And, again, I talked earlier on last week's show about the Perugia block. 15 blocks in four sets yep. it is just a gigantic number. And th- the, you've got a point the reason for getting that many blocks is the fact that Yuandi Leal wasn't out there. They were missing. Modena was missing a crucial, crucial dimension in their offense. And you, Martin Van Garderen, who I got to give a lot of credit for resurrecting his play after a terrible game too, mm-hmm. really played pretty well given his role later on in this series, but he's just not 
the threat that Ioandi Leal is. And that changed everything about how Perugia set up their block. That's another, like another reason why Leal, I don't care if you're not hundred percent, get out there and play dude. In this moment, your team needs you, even if not to produce, it's important to have him out there to create better opportunities for everybody else. And the fact that he wasn't able to do that was pretty much Modena's death blow. And Perugia took advantage. They played the matchup exactly how they were supposed to. They were good from the service line. Uh, Perugia, or sorry, Moden actually passed the ball surprisingly well. Uh, 30% perfect, 50% positive. Uh, but eight aces to 19 errors for Perugia is a good ratio. And really that 15 stuff blocks was was too much for Modena to overcome with a limited offense. And that was really just it. Yeah, they've, and that's that's exactly that. Like those 15 stuff blocks just comes down to the fact that Modena only had two viable hitters out there. Sure, right. they were able to a- activate Stankovic and you know the other guys down down in the middle, but it wasn't enough. They weren't a consistent threat, and I mean the big reason that they were be able to get those points is because they weren't a consistent threat, right? And they were often swinging against like one or no blocks or like a half block. So, I mean, overall, great job there by by Perugia to fight through, to come from behind, down 2-1 in this series. I mean, I thought they looked dead, right? After they lost to the yeah. way they, they did in, in game three, they went down in the series 2-1 without Leal. I mean, we've, we've, we've talked about it. It all comes down to Leal. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, kind of put his tail between his legs and crawled back to Brazil after, after the season, because uh, that, that, that's a little, that's a little embarrassing. And to be honest, I expected, I expected more of him. Yeah, I agree. And I would be, wouldn't, but I'll be surprised to see the same thing. Yeah. So to preview the finals a little bit before I move on and eventually wrap up the show, because I've got about 10 minutes left before I got to start over to the gym for VLA this weekend. Uh, Perugia versus Lube. Perugia beat them twice in the regular season. Of course, this is a rematch from the last several finals. Uh, it starts on Sunday, so tomorrow. Uh, best of five match series. Perugia's the one seed they'll play, I think, games one, three, and five at home. We already talked about it a little bit with, I think, Lube's really only chances if they get good Ivan Zaitsev and if they can really, really run Simone in the middle. But I don't see them having the the longevity and just the consistency on offense to, to be able to do that against Perugia. I think that there's no way that Perugia has the bad offensive days that Trentino had that uh, Lube was able to take advantage of. Also Perugia is a much better passing team than Trentino is. Uh, My pick here is Perugia. I'll go with three, one. I'll give Lube a match, but I won't give him more. Okay. Um, to be honest, I don't know if Perugia, like Perugia's blocking was so key in their series against um, against Modena, right? I think we're going to see that breakdown completely, especially the way that DiCecco was running that offense the last three games. He wasn't as aggressive in game five with his setting in terms of the speed of it all. He was adding a little bit more loop to, to his sets and they slowed it down a little bit, but hey, they still won the game and, and ultimately still moved on, right? So... You know, no harm, no foul there. So I think that we're going to see Perugia struggle a little bit, right? They really rely on their block, and when their block is solid, the rest of their game is solid, and I don't see them being able to be as solid in this one. You did mention that Soleil, you know, you brought up a good point that Soleil is, is probably the guy who knows Decheco the best, uh, and I will think that... that di- I do think that dynamic is going to be interesting, but I, I guess we'll see. What I really like about this game, though, is that last year we were... We were kind of overflowed with Blue Bay versus uh, with Blue Bay versus Perugia. Like we saw it in we saw it in Champions League and we saw it in the Italian Cup. Like we saw it so many times. We saw it in big matches during the regular season. Whereas 
you know, that last matchup between Lube and Perugia didn't mean anything. No, it was right? the last game of the it, regular season. It was the last season. game of the regular season. Everything was already done. Both teams had injuries and, and stuff like that. So really, realistically, we only had one Lube versus Perugia this year. So right. it's fantastic in my book that they're coming together in the finals this way, and they really haven't played each other. So there's so much on the line to be able to, to kind of prove to, you know, wrap up what what is going to be what is going to be this rivalry so it's going to be interesting to see how how either team uh approaches that i yeah, do there's there's going to be a lot of adjustment in that matchup throughout the series because they haven't played each other in meaningful matches that much conversely if it had been perugia versus trentino in the finals they would have played themselves a double each other a double digit number of times this year which would have made for a completely different series because of the familiarity. So, yeah, I, I expect to see a lot of moving parts. The coaching matchup between Lube and Perugia is going to be very interesting because of the, the adjustments and the data collection and, and the scouting and all that that's going to be going on. It's, it's going to be paradise for us, like, super high-level volleyball nerds to watch. And it all starts tomorrow. But I think we, we got to move on from this series and talk about a couple more things before we wrap up. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so uh, Italian women's. Uh, this is another thing that happened on Wednesday, uh, the, the last game of the semifinal series between Monza and Novara got underway, and it was another banger in Novara. Novara went up 2-0, 26-24, 25-21. Monza came back with the reverse sweep. Ouch. There's really my, my initial impressions from this, and I had it on, although I admit I was paying more attention to the, the two Italian men's semifinals. I'm still, too much going on I'm there. still furious that there are three, the three best matches of the year were all going on at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't say this any other way than it was. This is a choke by Novara. 100%. 100%. They, this, is, this is an absolute collapse by Novara. They almost got reverse swept in match number one at home. They went up 2-0. Monza came back to force the fifth, but uh, Navarro was able to turn it around in the fifth. They looked terrible on the road at Monza the other day, and then they get they get reverse swept at home to get eliminated from the playoffs. That You can't put this other any other way than that they choked in this series. Yeah, and I mean... The numbers look good for Navarra. Thirty points there for they're, for they're okay. Dal, yeah. Dalderot and Washington, like Washington, seven blocks in this one. That was incredible. Um, just just outstanding. But yeah, absolutely. But oh man, one, two, three, four, five, six players on the Monza side in double digits in this one, right? Like they're just using the entirety of the roster from you know all of their left sides, all of their right side, just yeah, including the, the, both the opposites. Sink. Both opposites in double digits in scoring. This might have been finally the time when Gaspari figured out the balance of what opposites to play when because he started Magdalena Stisiak. She was fine, not great. Brought in Lise von Hecke. That started the reverse sweep and then put Stisiak back in in the fifth when it mattered, and it worked. Uh, Alessia Gennari, pretty good. Uh, von Hecke, okay offensively. Anna Danesi, really good. Dana Redke, 15 attempts. Jordan plus th- Larson. Three, three aces and three blocks. Jordan Larson, like this, this, no, not good at all. Yeah, 11 for 42. 42. And that's that's clearly uncharacteristic for her. The fact that Mones was still able to win this with those sort of inefficient numbers is tells me that this is a choke from Novara. The number I do want to point out, because in general, Novara's numbers in the statute look better, is errors. I've talked about Novara this year. They're a, they, a 
they're, they should be a cleaner team. They've beaten a lot of teams just by not giving points away. Mm-hmm. And in the sets against Monza in this series that they won, they didn't give points away. But later on in that match, they started to spray the ball out of bounds. 10 attacking errors plus blocked 10 times, 17 serving errors. That's Mon- to me, it's it's the serving errors. Because if if you look on the attacking size, Monza actually makes more errors overall. They have 21 errors compared to compared to Navarro's. 20. They got blocked 16 times. That's- like 16 blocks versus only five like true unforced errors balls hit out of bounds. This is the first time ever that I like seeing those two things separated. Yeah. Like balls hit out of bounds versus balls blocked, because only committing like five unforced hitting errors in an entire match is very very good even though you got blocked a bunch of times and then ace to air ratio six to 12 for Monza is excellent one, one to 17 for novara brutal. is hot garbage so yeah. like it's it's the errors because everything else for novara was fine they passed the ball better than monza their attacking efficiency or like their team kill percentage identical to monza their team efficiency very very similar to monza they blocked the ball better than monza but they made too many errors and you just can't do that when that's part of the identity of your team is to not give points away yeah to me or navarra in this one and i think navarra in general after the watching them for the past few seasons that they just hold the stick a little too tight i mean that's that's a hockey term for when you're like really nervous the pass comes to you and you're just holding too tight the puck just bounces off right and that's the way it seems to be when navarra gets into that that gut check or even if i go back to last season when they were coming up to play canigliano in the finals they just seemed to be scared right they, it's, they, it's, they knew that they couldn't do that right they it, knew it that seems they, that they, yeah. they shy away from those big moments when it's theirs for the taking they do really well when they're the underdog right like if you look back to the win against canigliano earlier this season when they're the underdog and they're not expected to win and they have no pressure but when the pressure is there and when they're that team that's expected to win they kind of crumble and i don't know what that comes down to generally i I usually attribute the kind of that type of characteristic to the team to their setter. You know, just I like agree. A, a football, you know, just like a quarterback in football, your team is going to live and die by the emotional state of your quarterback. I 100% think it's the same thing in volleyball. We're going to live and die by the emotional state of your setter. So for me, that's maybe a, a question of, you know, is Misha Hancock running this team properly? You know, is is she running in a good offense? I'm I don't I'm not making any accusations here. I don't really know. I haven't watched enough, and unfortunately, the women aren't on volley metrics, so I can't watch them from the baseline and really get a good sense. Um, but it's definitely a question question to me of either the setter running this team, the leadership of the team, or the 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 general coaching staff for Novara to to choke the way they do. I mean, if we even we go back to the uh, match against Dinamo Moscow in Champions League when no that was a choke too. We've talked about it a lot exactly. this season. Yeah, I I agree. I I think at least some of the blame has to fall on Micah Hancock here. But Novara's due for some serious shakeups this off season. It sounds like Jordan Poulter is going to come in and set that team, and I think we have to consider that an upgrade. Mm-hmm. But sure enough, like Novara's done, Monza moving on to the finals before we move off this ever do do they have a chance does monza have a chance against Corneliano? i do not think so i think this is three zero i don't think monza gets a single win in that final series i think they have a chance because you have a, a lot of people who believe that they have a chance like i think jordan thompson or jordan larson is always going to believe that like like she can win and that's just part of her ethos i think it's part of like the american you know the american thing is you guys always think you're, you're the best and always going to be think that you're going to win you know for for better or for worse um, i mean hardware how, how can you argue with jordan uh, well, hundred percent, right I, I i fully agree right <laughs> i do think that this monza team is more battle tested than the last time 
that they faced Canigliano, right? Last time when they saw they Canigliano. They got embarrassed by them in Champions League. Exactly. They, they got embarrassed by Canigliano in, in Champions League, but Jordan Larson was brand new to the the team. Like she had only played, like only been around for a couple of weeks. Now she's been there and she's she's been there and she knows how things work. But they're going to need a much better performance out of her than we saw in this one. 11 for 42 isn't good enough. Doesn't no. matter if you're the Olympic MVP or whatever, you need to, you need to be doing better. So, if Monza can figure that out, if they can put pressure on Canigliano with their serve and if they can pass well to be able to release their middle, I think they have a chance I, Ultimately, I'm going to pick Canigliano on this one. I think I'm probably going to go Canigliano 3-1. I'll give Monza at least one, but I wouldn't be surprised if Monza pushed it and even maybe uh, pulled off a JW from last year. Yeah, I I do not see that happening at all. I got to interview Paola Egoni last week, which was just awesome, and uh, she was excited to watch that that game, that game three. We were just talking about her. I can tell you for sure, her confidence is extremely high in her team right now. I don't think there's any way that they lose this final and uh, to wrap up Pala Egonu's time there, it'll be a good way to kind of put a bow on that in Italy before the Vodka Bank showdown in Champions League. But that, that's, um, I think, already too much time we spent talking about that. Uh, two more things before we wrap up the show. One, later today, the Bundesliga Game 5. Sure enough, the Berlin Recycling Volleys go down 2-0 to against Friedrichshafen. They win at home 3-0. They go on the road on Wednesday, win at 3-1. Three, uh, actually, all four sets very, very tight. They play at home today, 1230, so like 45 minutes from right now, Eastern time, Stop. at home in Berlin. There's no way Berlin doesn't win this series, if you ask me. No, no way. we talked about it last week, and I said, if Friedrich Schaffen's going to win this series, they're going to win it at home on Wednesday. They failed to do that. And didn't they Didn't they go up? Wasn't it a reverse sweep for, for Berlin in this one? In, in the series, yes, yes. If uh, if Berlin pulls it off today, it will be a reverse sweep in the series, which is crazy. So tune in on uh, Twitch.tv slash Spontent for the, it's it's the championship match. This is it. It's, this is this is what it comes down to. This is it. So yeah, tune into that. Uh, I want I want to make sure their their viewership numbers are nice and high because they deserve it. Great broadcast and uh, I mean this is it. It's a championship match. We don't really get very many of those in volleyball. So in in like series like this, so that's cool. Tune into that. And then last but not least, uh, Poland. Zaxa is going back to the finals. They uh, they beat Zavierce this morning. I watched them, got up and watched the match. Zavierce came out to play in the first. They took a 25-19, but Zaxa, with two very notable additions off the bench, turned it around and convincingly destroyed them in sets two through four. Got to give Krzysztof Reyno in the middle a ton of credit and a backup outside hitter for Zox that I had never seen before a Wojciech Zalinski yeah. number 21 came in for uh, Alexander Schliefka who started off with negative efficiency and only went 8 for 11 attacking just a casual 64% efficiency uh, for a backup outside hitter Camille Semenyuk was awesome well deserved MVP sure enough uh, Zox figured it out after dropping that first match they're going back to the finals and I think even even as hot as JW has been lately, Zaxa is still my pick to win the Plus Liga. Yeah, I mean, we saw it in this one too. Like, if Zaxa comes to play, they're going to run through you. Like, that first set was 25, like 14. Or, or sorry, that, that that's third set. And then in the, the fourth, they just started running away with it. My favorite too is, you know, they Zawirchi calls a timeout down 9-2 in the fourth. And uh, as if that's going to do anything. And, and their, their coach just is just like, hey, guys, we go point by point, right? We're doing this one point at a time. And when, and like, even when they, like, they're dialed in with two bench guys on the bench like that, and that team is still able to produce the same, the same type of result without Slivka and with, without, um, 
David, David Smith. David yeah. Smith. So yeah, I think you know Zox is looking really good coming into this Plus Liga final, and then I mean it's a little bit different from last year because they have the finals before the Champions League. Last year it was the the other way around. They had the Champions League where they won and then kind of you know kind of just like fell asleep in in the finals against JW. So I do think that they're going to be able to just run run through this, and if they win this final too, they're probably my pick to win the Champions League as well. Yeah, I, I would probably agree with that, with what's happened with both Sox and Trentino the last week or so. That's really changed both of our opinions on them going into Champions League. And we'll break that down a lot more in the next couple of weeks. But uh, we got we got the finals coming up. So tune into Berlin versus Friedrichshafen today. Uh, Lube versus Perugia starting tomorrow. I think the Polish final will probably start Tuesday or Wednesday of this coming week. Yeah, probably. Uh, We'll break it all down on the normal Tuesday night show of the 9 by 9 and I'll also turn into VLA this weekend, uh, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern today and tomorrow. Uh, I'll be live on the VLA YouTube channel from Boston. So, what's the uh, first? Good, what's the first game for VLA, VLA uh, today? LVC versus Bounce. It's it's the 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 my my pick for the best East Division matchup. Um, two teams are very very good. LVC's roster this weekend is good. Uh, they have a chance to win the division this weekend. So uh, going to be some good ball play tune into that. Yeah. Also t- tomorrow at noon, Prusa versus Lube gets us kicked off. So should we a good one? All right, Rob, thanks for t- tuning in. Enjoy VLA guys. Make sure to, to uh, join the discord. Uh, the d- details are down in the show notes. If you want to watch volleyball with us and check out uh, our back to our normal scheduled time on Tuesdays at 7:30 PM Eastern time. Thanks a lot. Peace. Peace.